Hey, everybody. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. And you know what? I like all things fabulous. And sometimes life is not too fabulous. And unfortunately, we're going to get to that here directly. But everyone knows I love my fitness. I love me some fitness. And so I am bringing on my show today a precious friend that we've had for a number of years. We're creeping on about 10 years here. But um, I'm just going to say it. This man is partially responsible for making my husband a badass, pretty much. Um, I want you all to meet my friend, Rodrigo Cabral. Welcome, Rodrigo, to my show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Tiffany. It's a pleasure to be here. It is uh, so good to see you. Oh, my goodness. That's my first time I've been on the podcast also. Is it? Yes. I'm number one then. Oh, All my right. goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm so excited. Don't be nervous. This is great. It's so simple. It's like we're sitting around like we went a few years ago. We were having pina coladas in the pool at Barbados. Remember that? So, yeah. Yes, I do. That was a good, good time. So, I want you all to know how I met this fabulous man and his wife, um, Melissa. But, Rodrigo, um, Greg and I were married in 2011, and he... he he had um, gotten his Taekwondo black belt, so he worked for that for many years, and um, he still wanted to do something with the martial arts. And um, in in his career, at a time that he could start practicing, we were living in Austin and living in Fort Worth, newly married. I was spending most of my time in Austin. So Greg is like, I've got to find a person to teach me, to train me. So I'm like, I'm going to find it. I was working out at Frame. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Body by Frame in Austin. And my buddy, Gordo, I call him Gordy. Um, I hope he's listening. And um, I said, you know what? My husband wants martial arts. And he goes, there's only one person to go to, and it's Rodrigo Corbal at the time at John's Gym. I said, well, he wants judo, only judo. And I think Greg had possibly had a, a, a not-so-pleasant experience with a judo instructor before, and so, uh, not judo, but jujitsu, I'm sorry. So he was he was determined. So this is how this shakes out, everyone. I'm going to explain to it. So I find out John's Gym, so we have a conference call. It's you, myself, and John. And I asked you, you were talking to me about your program, right? Because how did you, how did you come to John's gym? Uh, 2011, uh, I won the Brazilian Nationals. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, Robert Drysdale, he has a, a, a gym in Austin and was affiliation uh, by John's gym. And he asked me if I could teach on, this, on his gym uh, in 2011, but I didn't have my, my, my visa by that time because I was spent a lot of my time in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I, I, and before 2011, I never came to US. Oh, right. So, took me about one year because the process in Brazil is very long to take the American visa. So in 2012, uh, I moved to, to, to Austin to start to work on, on, on John's, John's gym. gym. So let me ask you this. Let's back up. So why you were from Brazil. Correct. You were born in Rio de Janeiro. I just butchered that. But you were born, and then your history... Tell me, of course, I'm going to get to why John's gym, why you would come to the United States in the first place. So explain to me 
how did you get to start? I mean, you have world, you have national titles, and we're, you can talk to me about all that. But how did you get started with jiu-jitsu? I mean... So basically, I started martial arts. I was seven years old. Uh, I have a really bad bronchitis, and the doctor told me, if you don't wanna, if you don't wanna feel this sensation anymore, you need to do sports. And from that point, my daddy said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "Oh, I want to do karate." And then he said, yeah, but I think you should do karate and swimming. So I started to do swimming and karate when I was seven years old, uh, more to learn how to control my breath. Okay. And I did karate until when I was 11. By when I was 11, I started to really like uh, the grappling fight. That was different than, than, than karate. So I jumped in on judo. I started to do judo for since I was 11 until 16. When I was 16 years old, uh, one of my friends brought me to this gym of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I really liked it. And I decided to, 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 to train. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. The only thing I knew on that time was I really enjoyed to do it. Mm-hmm. So by when I was 18 years old, it started to get a little, a little bit more seriously, the competitions. Right. And then I really have to make a decision to if I really want to jump in and do that professional or or if I I have if I want to do something else. So when I was 19 years old, one year after that, uh, I start do web design. Web design? Web design. My mom said, "Rodrigo, you I don't think you should just do jiu-jitsu, I think you should do something completely different, you know, you're not going to have a job in the future, blah, 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 blah. So I said, yes, but what I really like to do is jiu-jitsu. Then she told me, okay, but I want you to do something separate. So in 2019, I started to do web design. I did web design for two years, and I hate it. Wasn't your thing. Wasn't my thing. I was on computer for hours. You know, I couldn't, I, I can't, it's, for me, it's very hard for me to stop in front of the computer and stay, spend a couple hours there. Hold still. It's chill. Oh, yeah. That's not good. <laughs> right. Moving. Uh-huh. So when I was 20 years old, I, I, I decided, I said, I want to do jiu-jitsu full-time, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted this to be part of my job. So when I was 21, I moved to London, you know, without London? without know how to speak English. You're kidding me. <laughs> yes, it was a very difficult time, you know, but I'm glad I did that mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah. If I have to do that again, 
I would definitely do it. You'd go back to London. Correct. So tell me, you were talking about the, I'm a, the visa, the, the work you can, it was difficult to come to the United States, but was it difficult to go to London or does that make sense? Oh, correct. So why I decided London? Uh, by that time, I, I think until now, uh, Brazil have an uh, agreement with UK. So we don't need visas to UK. Right. But we do need visa to US. Gotcha. So it was way more difficult for me oh, yeah. to come to here than go to there. And also, one of the things make me choose to go to, to England was uh, by that time have only three black belts. Really? In London? In whole UK. In the whole UK. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Okay. So I was like, so probably we have more, uh, probably we have better opportunities. Yeah. So that's why I decided to go to London. Okay. Forgive my ignorance in this, but, and I know the audience wants to know this too. So when you left Brazil, were you a black belt at that point? Uh, no, I left Brazil. I was a brown belt, but... Brown belt is one belt before black belt. Uh, I have I I have two years about already my brown belt, so mm-hmm. I knew will be about just time for me to get my black belt. So, mm-hmm. but already as a brown belt, I was able to teach. Right, and okay, can you for me? I know just because Greg list the order of the belts for jujitsu. So. For adults, it's white, blue, purple, brown, and black. Okay, gotcha. All right, and you are fourth degree black, right? Correct. You are actually, I learned this when we celebrated, you are a fourth degree black belt. We call you a professor, right? Call you professor. So Professor Jiu-Jitsu, Professor Cabral, there we go, or Cabres, I can't say this stuff. You're doing a better job than I am speaking. (laughs) So, okay, so you went over to London as a brown belt, and then you started working, but here's a question for you. Isn't London very expensive? London is very expensive, definitely is the most expensive one of the most expensive cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you can make good money. Right. So, so you know, have the the good part and the, mm-hmm. the bad part. Exactly. So did you have to have many jobs or were you good? No, basically, my first year was, like I said, was very difficult. You know, my idea was, oh, I'm going to move to this country. I'm going to start to teach and everything will be good. Mm-hmm. But wasn't like that. Was it? It wasn't. It, yeah. No. I got there. I have to work in many different jobs where I never did in my life. And I have to, I have to do to make money to survive. So one funny thing was before I moved to London, my uncle told me, he looked at me and said, you're going to be there until your money finish. Mm-hmm. And I have only with me $5,000. And when I moved to there, I, 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 I told the people, they said, how long are you going to stay there? I said, I'm going to live there. So then you can imagine to someone 21 years old, $5,000 on the pocket without speaking the language. So it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So I worked as a security uh, for a year. Oh, security. Oh, wow. I work as a, a Welsh sniper. 
Oh my goodness. So I was working in the restaurant, washing dishes all day. And the end of the day, I was going to the gym to teach. Mm-hmm. So basically I have full full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Was working 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day. In the end of the day, I still go to the gym to do a class or to train myself. Right. So that took about a year and a half, two years doing that for me to be able to have my place to teach. Right. Your gym in London. Yes. You're kidding. You So you had your very own gym. Uh, I have a partner, mm-hmm. uh, Luis Moschino. Uh, he was one of my students. Uh, we, we opened this gym together. Now in those days, he's... Uh, his gym is doing very well there, called London Fight Factory. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Just like you, right? Brazilian Fight Factory in Austin, right? That's Correct. It. So London Fight Factory. Okay. So it's still going. It's still going. It's still going. And I was there just uh, four months ago. Mm-hmm. That's right. I and I was there for two weeks. And it was very good to see good friends from long, long time and... The last time I was in London was 2008. Mm -hmm. So going back there after over 10 years, Mm -hmm. so it was was pretty good. Yeah, I bet it was good to see everyone. And the number of friends that you make and create in this, in any industry, but especially, you know, going over, I can imagine. So Kennedy, you know, Kennedy, my daughter, she is 21. Well, she's about to be 21. I cannot imagine her going to a country she can't speak the language and surviving. I can't. You know, it's just you wanted it so badly, right? Yes. Uh, the reason also I want it so badly because... Uh, in Brazil, we don't have the... It's very difficult for you to find a sponsorship for you to grow in sports. It's mm-hmm. very, very difficult. So normally, we lose a lot of athletes all around the world, moving to other countries, become citizens for other countries. Uh, and on the place I grew up was very violent. And I knew... I have to be there on that time, but I knew I don't belong there. Right. So the whole time when I was there, I was thinking, what can I do to leave this place? So that's why I decided, a lot of people said, oh, but it was so early, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you moved to another country. Why you didn't try more? Because I have the example, everyone around me wasn't doing well. So why should I do exactly the same what they was doing? Right, exactly. So that that's the reason I choose to move to London so young. Right. So when you were talking, so back at when you talk about it's hard to get sponsorships in Brazil, which Brazil, I mean, that is shocking to me. Is it because the state of the economy? Is it because there's a lot of saturation with jujitsu? Why is it difficult to get sponsors over there? Uh, the economy and the the economy, but I believe Brazil have a problem where they looking a lot about uh, we call here f- uh, soccer, mm-hmm. but we, in Brazil we call football. So the soccer, yeah, right. So Brazil only have eyes to soccer. Oh, you know? okay. So if you play soccer, is easier easier to to find sponsor to have 
uh, more eyes on you. Right, right. If you choose another sport, it's very difficult. And I don't know why, because uh, Brazil, we have a good judo team. We have the best jiu-jitsu in the world. Right. Uh, and we are losing. Now, all the best teachers I know move over to California. Really? And Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. So those two places now, that's it starts to become one of, of the big potents of jiu-jitsu. Right. So that's a shame that your country that has lost the talent, basically. They moved the talent on to the United States and Abu Dhabi, like you were saying. So you were in London, and you did you want to stay, or were you ready to move on? So when I was in London, uh, the gym was doing great. You know, I have great friends. Everything was perfect. Uh, in 2008, I couldn't renew my visa anymore, and I was invited to leave the country. Oh, they invited you to? Yes. You were cordially invited to exit the building, right? Oh, Correct. no. So what happened? So after that, I was I, I back to Brazil. I was, I believe I was uh, 27. I back to Brazil, and by that time, I saved some money. So for me, it was everything fine. I say, ah, it's back to Brazil. Have eight years, I'm not, uh, seven years, I'm not here. So on the first two months, I enjoy a lot to be in the, on, on my country where mm-hmm. I born and see all my good friends. But after two months, I start to realize, like, what I will do now, Right. you know? So basically, I started to do seminars in Europe. Uh, I spent some time in Italy, Singapore, Borneo, Spain. Um, Russia. 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 Correct. Russia. Sweden. And... In one year, I spent probably two months at at my house. Mm-hmm. And on that time, I decided, I said, no, I have to stay in one place. I cannot keep traveling. Mm-hmm. And that's when I spoke with my friend Drysdale. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who told me, hey, I have a gym in Austin. Uh, we need a, a, a teacher there. Do you want to go there? So that's when I moved to Austin. To Austin. Did you hesitate at all? Or did you say, you know what, I'm going to the United States? No, actually, a lot of times, like, even my family said, my family told me, like, oh, you're going to go again to a different country. <laughs> I was on very, I don't know, I feel, I feel I stashed from the border so many times where you're not afraid or you're not have so many risks to lose something mm-hmm. when you have to start again. Right. So when I started, when I moved to here, uh, for me, it was a, a restart. I started from the bottle. Mm-hmm. I moved to here. I was, have $4,000 on my pocket. Oh, dear. <laughs> I couldn't bring my wife because uh, I was afraid. I didn't know what to expect. i never been here before. So... I, I told her, I said, look, let me see how it's there. Uh, I will stay there for a couple months, and then I let you know, and then you can you can go. Right. So 
took more than we expect. It took like 10 months as away. But everything went fine, you know. I met I met unbelievable people, you know, I have uh, great friends and and here I am. Yeah, and you, I mean, do you love do you love the United States? I do, I do, I do. I, I, I really love it. Uh, definitely this year, mm-hmm. uh, I was there. One of my friends. Uh, this year, uh, I want to ask for my citizenship. Oh, that's right. Yes, because you you had an attorney. We were trying to figure out how to get your green card, correct? Correct. And that process, because we have another friend going through that process now. So how was that process? It's a very difficult process because you have to prove uh, you have a special ability. Mm-hmm. So they want every single proof to show you have abilities where we're not going to find in every corner. Right. So, yeah. You're I, unique. You are unique. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this process took me, actually, this process was easier than I thought will be for myself. You know, I see a lot of people get in trouble with that. But for me, it was easier. Uh, after three months, I got my green card. And... And it's already past six years after I got my green card. So I decided now to ask my my citizenship. That's great. Well, you have dual citizenship then, so United States and Brazil. Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. So um, when you were applying, it was not like it is today. Right. I mean, you and I have a friend together that's tried so desperately and it's just a different day and time with immigration and it's just a different time. Right. It's just much more difficult. And so thank goodness you hit that time. But you had a niche, too. You were okay. We haven't hit on what all you've done, your success and your title. So starting from the top, what would be your greatest accomplishment in, in winning winning championships? Winning championships definitely was uh, the Brazilian Nationals mm-hmm. and second awards. That, those two wasn't gold, I, but awards you you only compete with the best ones. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a big accomplishment mm-hmm. because on the way I trained for those tournaments was very difficult. For for the Brazilian Nationals, I have a surgery f- six weeks before. So for the Nationals in Brazil? Yes. Okay. So Seriously? For, so for the... <laughs> what? What? What did you... What? Oh, you had a sh- shoulder? I have a shoulder surgery uh, six weeks before when I won the Brazilian Nationals. How is that possible? Seriously, other than you're just a beast. But, I mean, how... You had the surgery. What did the doctors... Did they give you recovery? Was it six weeks? But you had to be fighting that whole time, right? Or training? So basically, the doctor told me 12 weeks. 12? 12 weeks to, to be back to, to normal activities. Uh, I start... I didn't train until the third week. Mm-hmm. And I really trained probably just for two weeks for this tournament. You're my goodness. So 
with okay you are just a greg calls you a natural freak but um is it that you just you just pick it up and you because you were out obviously with the surgery but did you just pick it up and is it a lot of it so i want watching when greg you has has gone on to a different belt the mental part of of jujitsu is is a huge part of it is that correct i feel is the the biggest part is the mental one because I was in the bad. I was in bad conditioning mm-hmm. when when I won the Brazilian Nationals. I was in bad conditioning uh, because I wasn't trained because of my shoulder. Uh, I only have two weeks to train harder, but mentally I felt very strong, very 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 strong. And when I got second awards, uh, was almost exactly the same situation. I was in Austin. Mm-hmm. I don't have a train. I have two students was a purple belt. They they don't train professional. They train hobbies. Mm-hmm. So they train three times, four times a week. A week. A week. Oh, wow. Where we train like two times a day, three times a day. So only train with those two students. Mm-hmm. I go to the wards. So I didn't have so many things, but mentally I was feeling strong. And before words, my lawyer told me, he said, Rodrigo, your case will be way easier if you're mad on the world championship. First, I was like, that's going to be a very difficult. <laughs> that's a lot, right? <laughs> I said, but I was thinking it will be very difficult, but maybe I can do it. Mm-hmm. I will do my best and I will try. And so he said, if you get a med on the words, then it's going to be definitely a strong case mm-hmm. before we get your green card. So I decided to compete some local tournaments. I won those local tournaments. Then I go to the words and, and I got second. I told my lawyer, my lawyer said, oh, now we have a strong case. We won the Brazilian national, got second award. So I think it will be way easier before we apply for you. So we did. After three months, I received my green card. That is, I mean, that is amazing. Congratulations. Thank I mean, you. So, I mean, the world's a national. That is, that is crazy. So when you're, I read on your bio um, that you, are you, do you still want to fight? Do you want to compete in fighting? Because you are so good. You are incredible. Of course, you're you're incredible. You're fourth degree black belt, but you are in such an incredible coach. I mean, I look what you you've done with my husband, and um, working around injuries, and working with children, and working with um, student athletes, and I mean, kids that are 21 years old that didn't have the mindset that you had when you were going to London. Do you see yourself competing again? Are you happy with coaching or is it both? You want it all? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, for For the last two years, I was thinking, oh, I'd, I'm done with competition. I have so many injuries. Uh, people around me, they they know when I talk about the injury, I really have like big injuries in my life. Uh, I have four surgeries, uh, broke many bones, broke my ankles. And anyway, uh, so it took me a while for thinking like, do I want to compete again or I want just to teach? 
But more and more, I feel as a more teacher than a competitor. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel complete. Not finished. Yeah, I feel like a, I want, definitely I want to do competitions again. Um, right now in this moment, I just back to, to conditioning train, mm -hmm. uh, back to diet. My goal is this year is back to the tournaments. It is for you personally. For personally, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, as a teacher, I'm very, I'm very happy for what we have been done. Mm -hmm. Me and my team on the last two years. But as an athlete, I, I, I'm not very happy. Right. I'm still like, I feel like I, I didn't, I, I didn't do what I want to do. So I'm going to share, I'm going to ask you about this. And, and I know this is very personal, but you just did a competition in California, correct? And um, I, 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 you went to weigh in, is that correct? And correct. you were off by? 0 0.6. 0 0.6. So you couldn't compete, which is insane to me. Correct. So basically, we have a weight division. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to respect those weight divisions. Uh, we have eight age division, weight division, and belt division. Mm -hmm. So never happened with me before. I've been training just for 24 years. Uh, I always feel disrespect with yourself or, 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 or people around you help you on your train when you miss weight. So I, always I was, I criticized a lot of people because they lost weight. Mm -hmm. This was the first time I ever passed over this. Uh, so basically, I took a muscle relax before my fly. One day, two days before the tournament, mm -hmm. uh, I took a muscle relax mm -hmm. and took my fly to, to LA. When I got there, I didn't check my weight. I was one pound below. So... I didn't eat for a whole day. I got there. I drink a lot of water. And on the night, I have a very light meal. Mm -hmm. The next day, I checked my weight. I was five pounds over. Five pounds so over? So I gained six pounds You're kidding. one day. I don't know how. I believe it was just uh, water retention. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I go to the sauna uh, on the day of the fight. And I lost five pounds of water. And I told one of my students was with me, William. I said, uh, I have to get off here. I, I cannot stay in the sauna anymore. Five, I'm, I always start to feel dizzy. Mm -hmm. And then he said, no, stay a little bit more. So we stayed. And I was 0 0.8 to make my weight. Mm -hmm. So we go to the tournament. When I got there, it was 0 0.6. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't able to compete. I got disqualified. Oh my gosh. It was a big learn for me. And I'm not going to do that again. Definitely. Right. Right. I know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe muscle relaxer. I don't know. But did that, did that do something mentally, mentally to you? I mean, obviously that was a disappointment because you trained for it. And, um, where, I mean, where, where does that put you? The disappointment coming from, uh, come from me, of course, uh, normally I have many situations in tournaments before tournaments where I got hurt. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So that uh, is something I cannot control. My body tear a muscle right. or tear a ligament. I cannot control those. But when you miss weight, it's something you have the control. Mm-hmm. So I felt really bad with me mm-hmm. for because on that time I could control that and I didn't control. The other times was injuries. Uh, I believe I jumped out of fight for like three or four times because of injuries. Right. And the only time was an injury, then was my own fault. Right, exactly. And this was in your control. And and you and I both have had injuries. We've talked about this for years and, and just how devastating that is to an athlete. And I know, I mean, I we all we all were compassionate with you. And I'm sure as an instructor and as an athlete, that, that was tough on you emotionally, right? So, I mean, it is what it is, but you just move on and keep going, right? Correct. I know. That. Okay, I want to talk about your, 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 not your kids, but your kids, I guess you could say, your students, and they're not just kids either, um, they're kids to me, but your athletes at your gym in Austin at Brazilian Fight Factory, which you have two studios, um, tell us about, you have many world titles um, under your belt with these athletes. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. For example, Cody Steele, um, personal friend of ours and amazing athlete. Tell us about him, training him. And what is he? 20, oh, 24. 24. He's 24. So how is that training these kids? And you've been that age and you've seen the fire in the eye. So how is that training that? And tell us about Cody's accomplishments. Okay. Uh, Cody, he started to train with me in 2013, I believe, mm-hmm. or 2014. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, so he was, a, I remember he was a 16 years old. You know, he come with a background of wrestling. Uh, he want to be good in jiu-jitsu. Uh, he, was, he was always desired to to. to to compete. So when he first came to, to, to the gym, I look at him because if you want to make a good competition team, you have to invest in the young ones. Mm-hmm. So by that time, I believe he was the one, the youngest one I have, and he really wanted to, to do that for life. So... After his first year, I, we have a conversation. I told him, I said, look, it's, it's a very difficult sport, you know. I believe every sport is difficult, especially if you want to live by, just by the sport. Right. So I told him it's going to be a very difficult for you. But if you can pass through, we will start to become easier and easier and easier. Uh, when I'm talking... It's going to be very difficult. It's like uh, injuries. You're going to have people tell you like, uh, uh, which school do you go? Uh, why you don't go to, why you, you don't go to school? Why you only do this to live? How about this doesn't go on the way you want? Right. The college. Right. So what you're going to do with your life? So those questions are always heard my whole life, you know? Uh, I did a uh, physical therapy and I have to, st- I, I stopped and I heard so many 
so many thoughts about, you know, just because I stop, say, oh, you should not stop. You should always have plan B. <laughs> so, but sometimes we don't have the time to have the plan B. Right. So I always tell my students all those experiences I've been have on the past. Because a lot of times people come to me and say, oh, uh, I want to be a world champion. Okay. Or, oh, I want to be like this guy. Mm-hmm. Or I want to be like that guy. So, But it's not easy. And it's not for everyone. Maybe it's for everyone, but it's not everyone is waiting for. Right. Because everyone have the desires to be successful in life, but very few ones want to pay the price for that. Absolutely. So I always have those those thoughts with him, and I think that helped him a lot to understand that's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. So in the last two years, he's been doing very well in tournaments. Uh, he won just the first, he, he became the first uh, world champion combat jiu-jitsu. Uh, he got second awards in 2017, two, uh, second awards in 2019. Uh, so now start to his future start to show more for him right. what what he will have in future. Right. So I feel right now in this moment he's. He's on the right direction. Right. You know, and, and you have many, many, many accomplished students, for sure. You have the Tackett brothers that, that we see, and and they're two young boys. There's actually another one that, aren't there three? Young? Yes, uh, Caleb. They're all three of them are practicing yes. with you. And it's very impressive, everyone, because um, I could never homeschool. My, well, we're in an age of homeschooling kids now with the coronavirus, but um, their mom and dad, their mom ha- has homeschooled these children, and you are, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out. You are their activity be, beyond just homeschool, the education part of the the books, I'm saying. So you, they come to you and they're thriving, right? I mean, these kids are thriving. They are, they are, they are, they, they know what they want. Uh, I feel the, the, the Andrew and William, I'm not going to say it's Caleb because he's very young. Mm-hmm. He's only 12, but... We, uh, William and Caleb, they have uh, William and Andrew. They have the drive mm-hmm. to be to, to be what they want. Be. Right. Whatever they choose to be in life, they will be because they have this drive. Right. I feel they are very mature for their age. Mm-hmm. You know. What age are they? Uh, Andrew's sixteen. William's eighteen. And uh, William's in college now, though, right? He does the school. Yes. Um, you know, when and going back to the drive that you have. I feel in life, that's any anything, the drive. You know, you have a drive to be a good coach, a business owner, and an athlete. And I have a drive to be an entrepreneur. My husband, the same thing. If you don't have that spark or interest, I mean, you're not going to make it. I mean, right. you're not going to make It's going to be a more of a difficult road, in my opinion. Is Right? I agree. I agree. It, the most important thing is... I believe in, I think like this, uh, when I, uh, uh, when I was young, still I'm still young, young <laughs> but when I was like, a, when I was very, very young, like when I was like eight years old, mm-hmm. yeah, during one of my karate classes, you know, 
uh, I learned it's all about how hard you want that. Do you want to pay this? You're going to sacrifice what you want. Mm-hmm. And why I say that? Because when I was eight years old, my daddy told me, oh, I'm going to take you out of karate because I don't want to go swimming. Oh. I want to just go to karate. Right. And I didn't really enjoy uh, to go to swim. Swimming. But by that young age, my, my daddy was told me, like, sometimes you have to do things where you don't want to do to get others. So if you really want to go back to karate, you need to swim. So from very young, I was learning. I feel I feel like the sports teach you that very well. I feel that's why it's so important to have kids in the sports mm-hmm. because you learn those lessons very young mm-hmm. and you don't need your parents to tell you. Exactly. Exactly. That's true. I agree with that 100%. Was your dad right on the swimming thing? Uh, was your dad correct on the swimming thing, th- sending you to swim? Uh, yes, yes. He definitely was correct okay. because that was... Uh, uh, like I said, on the very beginning, uh, I have a really bad bronchitis and mm-hmm. I feel what make my bronchitis better was actually was the, uh, the swimming classes. With the lung capacity. Okay. Well, he didn't know what he was talking about then. Okay. So he did know. Okay. So um, I wanted to say this because, you know, maybe I could be a Ronda Rousey someday. No, my time's done. Definitely. So I say this because she's a very famous fighter that that's retired a couple of years ago, but a lot of people think it's just for guys, and that's not true because one of your, I think she's won two world championships, is Tiffany. Yes, yes. She... Not me, everyone. It's not Tiffy. It's... <laughs> she, uh, Tiffany Butter. Mm-hmm. She, she's two times world champion. She won the awards in Gi. She won the awards in No Gi. Uh, she's, uh, she, she's doing great. You know, she's very... Uh, she's 16. She's, she's 16 years old and she's very, she's, she knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. You know, she got really mad uh, last week because the Pan Ams got, got mm-hmm. canceled this week. Yes. So the Pan Ams supposed to be happened this week. Right. And got canceled. And she was telling me, oh, I really wish I have the Pan Ams. I want to be three times Pan Am champion mm-hmm. because she won the, the Pan Ams in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So she's a little killer. Well, she is a killer, I tell you. And so it, the Pan Ams was canceled because we are on this lockdown with um, with coronavirus. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But, I, I mean, this is a lot of... A lot of um, athletes are going through this. I mean, a lot of people, any, anyone's going through this, but, um, especially when you've trained so hard, like your kids have and your, your students have, it's very difficult. So, so I, Greg and I were out last weekend and watching, watching the fights and, um, the UFC. And of course it's on pay-per-view and the athletes are getting paid and all that. But let's say if you were fighting in that and there's no one in the audience, there's not a crowd to cheer you on. How, how does that affect the athletes, the two that are in the ring fighting? Is that tough? Because I would go off of the energy of the crowd, but does it make a difference? Uh, I I never happened with me before, Mm -hmm. so I don't really know, but what, what I can, what I can say, what I really know is a lot of fighters, they, they fight better with crowd Mm -hmm. on their favor. Yes. A lot of, 
fighters fight better when they have crowned against them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, a lot of fighters fight well when they have nobody around. Okay. So I will say it depends of what your personality is, mm-hmm. but definitely not have people around, don't have that energy. Energy. It's supposed to be something very different. Excellent. I never saw before, so it's, it's, it's hard for me even to think how sh- should be something like that. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I just can't imagine any sport being that way, but, but I mean, you know, it just gives you so much energy. You and I met when, uh, when I was working out at Frame and you were there as well back in 2012 and I was competing for, for, um, I was in a competition, a fitness competition and, and it was, it, if the energy was the crowd for me, definitely, because you, you're ready, you're mentally ready and it's, it, it it, you train for it, but it's not until you step out on that stage and you're, it's the energy, of course. You, I mean, to me, personally. So anyway, well, good. Okay, so your studio in in Austin, so you have two, one in Austin and one in Round Rock. And one of your students is helping you op- and open the second one in Round Rock. Is that correct? Actually, uh, yeah, that, that's my partner, um, Brandon, Brandon Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. Uh, he opened. He opened his. Um, he opened his studio. We opened his studio in January. Mm-hmm. So right now we have three months open. Mm-hmm. And, and how's that going? Was doing very well, but now because of this coronavirus, oh, we have to close down the gyms. So both right now is closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no idea what we was the future to us. Right, right. Yes, tell us about that because we're all going through this. Um, As Americans and across the world, we in Fort Worth and Austin have had restaurants close except for the grab-and-go or the curbside, our delivery. And then the gyms are devastated because they're shutting us down. And especially with your gym, I mean, how many students do you have? (laughs) Uh, my gym been lose a lot of students. Uh, so far, right now, I can say over twelve students already mm-hmm. canceled the membership. Uh, we don't know how long this will take it. Mm-hmm. So it's a scare moment. You know, we're just doing what the government told us to do. Right. And believe the best one to happen. A lot of prayers. Yes. A lot of prayers. So. It's a difficult time. Uh, we don't know. Uh, I, I feel just we have the the cap- capacity to to adapt ourselves for situations. Uh, we right now in this moment we just start to do our online classes where we send the videos of positions, drills, and warm up to the students. Uh, by tomorrow we start to send to all our students. Uh, wasn't even something I was planned to do. But like I said, we have to adapt mm-hmm. and go how it is. So let's see how that goes. Right. And I I know uh, gyms that I'm members of in Fort Worth and then one in Austin as well, online classes. Um, some of them are free. Some of them, if they're personalized to you particularly, there's a fee for it. And, you know, People like us that love to work out, and Greg and I, of course, love to work out. I mean, missing a workout. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, this is great. You can just hang out and just hang out at home and watch Netflix. It's not an option. But 
uh, that the gyms are accommodating the society we are in right now is huge. And I know Greg and you talked about it yesterday. I mean, that is huge because everyone is doing it, but you're now going into filming. You have to do that. And well, you were a web designer, so you should do this right now. <laughs> uh, you know, the reason I gave up of a web designer was horrible. <laughs> I was horrible. Didn't want to do that, no, right? I don't want to do that. Definitely don't want to do that. Right. But you have friends and there's students that are great. Joe, I, I believe. is. Yes, yes. We have uh, good students. I have uh, Joe. I have Cameron. Actually, Cameron is the one supposed to to help me on the videos. Uh, but the only the only thing now we feel the most worried is how long this will take it. Right. How long? I know. I understand completely. We're all in a panic right now. But, you know, the, the best thing I can say is not to go paranoid. Everybody just live in a lot of prayers for sure. Definitely. Okay. What is the youngest? What is your the youngest student you have right now? Four. Four. You're kidding. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Starting a child. So, I mean, obviously you would put your child in jujitsu or the martial arts, but um, a friend of ours here in Fort Worth, her son was bullied and he is in about fourth or fifth grade and um, he was being bullied pretty severely and he started taking jujitsu and his mom just kind of did some research and she got him in classes and things turned around. You know what I mean? His how, how can that affect a student? I mean, I've been teaching kids for over 12 years, and I can say most of the times the kids have been bullying, mm -hmm. and the parents have no idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I see this all the time. The, the kids don't feel comfortable to tell the parents. So sometimes you see a kid a little bit more depressive, you know, he don't want to do things, he don't want to go to school, when the real problem is, is you have a bull in his school where he's afraid to go there and that, that all the kids say something to him or do something to him. Uh, I see this all the time. And what I see also is that most of the times the parents have no idea what's happened. No idea, no idea. And they feel more comfortable to tell us right. than tell to the parents. So I feel good. I feel, I feel very good to be able to somehow help those kids, you know. Mm -hmm. But I really believe uh, every single person in the world should know how to defend themselves. You don't need to be a fighter. But you need to know how to defend yourself. You are responsible for yourself. Mm -hmm. Nobody is responsible for you. So a lot of times, oh, no, I have a police. No, police is not responsible for you. Right. You are responsible for you. So I really believe every single person in the world should know how to defend himself. And you've offered classes to women and men, self-defense. We do, we do. And also two times a year we offer a free self-defense for women. Mm -hmm. uh, we was just planning to do one next month. So basically we have to cancel. <laughs> well, let's cross our fingers. We can do right. Uh, but yes. 
But you know what? I would love to see that online too, Rodrigo. I mean, I would love to see, I know I've taken a couple of self-defense classes with you before Kennedy and I have uh, for women, but I would love to see that again because you forget and you get too, I get too comfortable. I will go to my phone. I work at it five in the morning. Somebody could pull my ponytail so fast because I'm on my phone. You know what I mean? It's just yes. that being self-aware too is is it's a big part. Yes, right. definitely. That's the, the biggest. It's yeah, self-aware. exactly. And I'm horrible, horrible about that. But I'm going to get better. But something like that on online, I mean, people would absolutely love to see that for sure. So, okay, so we're going to skip to you have a four-year-old, and then you have my fabulous husband that um, has been with you for. Well, let's see, nine years now. So he is a brown belt. He's a brown belt, yes. So tell me, so tell me, working with Greg, um, I mean, tell me how it is working with someone because Greg does have injuries. I remember the story he, mm-hmm. when he came, in, he came to see you, right? Greg is one of the uh, is one of the students like uh, you wish you have more students like him. You know, he don't complain. He's his complaints is like, a, it's not complaints. That's you know, not true. It, like, <laughs> You're not married to him. No. So <laughs> he complains certain things, but in, in train, but he's not, he, he, I would say this is not complaining. This right. he make jokes with mm-hmm. what we do, but he's one of the hardcore guys I've ever met in my life. You know, mm-hmm. he, he put a pacemaker one week after he was, Knocking the gym's door. Let's train. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely, he's one of the hardcore students I have. You know, like probably, probably no. I believe he's the older student I have, <laughs> and also he's one of the the toughest one. You know, and it's not only me say that. I, I have a few other guys in the gym say exactly the same thing about him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Just to see him drive so many hours a week. Oh my gosh. To be able to train. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's there, I wanna make the best train possible for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because he drove three hours to go mm-hmm. to see to see us and train with us. So definitely he's one of my my toughest students. Right. He's tough. He's definitely tough. And, you know, he doesn't want special treatment always, never does. But he's, and he has become such great. I love because the students that you have, the um, the Tackett brothers and um, you and uh, Cody, all of these, I love that he can give a different side of life, um, being an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and I've heard this from these kids' parents that, that he's really helped in, in, and I love that because I think jujitsu is so disciplined. I mean, it's just the, I can't imagine the discipline you have to have. I've watched you, him and all those kids do that. And it's just, you have, my point is you have created such an amazing community. Um, I know you still want to fight and you want to compete, but your community, you have to be so proud of what you've, you've created here in London, in Brazil, in Russia. And it, right. Am I right? <laughs> Yes, you're right. Uh, I I make I will say like this. Uh, sometimes I don't like to see students because they uh, I spend more time on the mat than I spend on home. Mm-hmm. So they become part of my family. Yes. 
so I have have guys I see more than than I see my wife. Mm-hmm. So when when I see the the vibe we create in the gym, where I don't have one person, I have many person walk in and say, "You guys here have one of the best trains," but also you guys treat each other like family. Mm-hmm. We try to kill each other for that first one hour, mm-hmm. and after that we hug each other. Right. No, no feeling, no bad feelings, just training. Right. So it's very difficult to have. In my opinion, it's very difficult to have that in a a, a, a gym where they doing well in tournaments. Don't have pe- people with so much ego. So I believe we are doing a great job with that. And have guys, of course, have guys like Greg around to guide all those young ones. It's very good. Right. Very, very, very good. I, I feel very blessed. Yes. You know, with the the students I have. Exactly. I know how difficult it is to have a, a good group of people. Very, 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 very difficult. And I feel like our gym, uh, when we have someone doesn't fit right they live right you know so and that's any that is any um community you know that they kind of weed out that way you know i'm going to take this somewhere else because you're a competitor and you're a business owner as well so there's another piece that i left out that's so and so important you have so many accolades you've won so many competitions in your career and it's on your bio i won't go through all of those but you're you know world renowned you also go to different countries and to different states to teach. You go and host seminars. And I know to get to Russia um, is not easy. And you that is one of the countries that um, we met one of your partners, your business partners um, and friends, Dimitri, over there that owns gyms. You travel across the globe to do seminars. So that is something else. I mean, you're going across teaching i mean how i mean not just i mean several right i've seen you on yes uh i feel sometimes i feel i feel i'm living on my dream you know oh my gosh i love that i i've been traveling i've been in 14 different countries teaching seminars uh and from very young i always like it uh to know different cultures Mm-hmm. You know, different peoples with different different way to think. Uh, so give me different perspective of my life as well. So I feel I feel blessed to be able with my my job, be able to know different people with different countries. Uh, which other job I should I I I could do it and have exactly the same results. Mm-hmm. It would be very difficult to see being traveling to a different country, different people, because on the mat, uh, how I see is like, um, on the mat, we don't have uh, who is poor, who is rich, who is Catholic, right. who is Jewish. Demographics. So we don't have, we don't, Everyone is the same. Everyone have the same treatment. Mm-hmm. And be able to share the mat with people 
and make them realize that. And after a while, you see those people change. It's a blast. It's a work I really love to do it. I really like to see how people act, you know, when you go to a different country, they act different. So <laughs> I'm blessed to have a... a, 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 a a work like that. Right, absolutely. And that's what makes you so fabulous, a great instructor, because like you say, when someone steps on the mat, everything's equal. It doesn't matter demographics, your political, your religious views, how much money you make or you don't make. You're right. That That is incredible. I mean, and, and you've met the most fabulous people in the world, I'm sure. Just great friends, right? So I want to, um, I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute, but I want to, I think... A lot of your success um, is your wife, Melissa, and she um, was in Brazil when you two, you two met in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so you brought her over after probably, we discussed earlier, about a year, and she is very successful. She works in, for Apple in Austin, and just watching her and seeing her and talking to you, to her, when you are at a competition... her heart's in it. I mean, she, you know, just, we want our spouses to succeed and what, you know, what she does for you with the business, with you competing, with your success and your failures and where she is right now, you know, she's texting us going, are you okay? Is everyone safe? Cause she is a caretaker, right? So definitely uh, part of my society is because of my wife for a hundred percent sure. Uh, she always tell me what I don't want to hear. So, <laughs> That's her job. <laughs> so that keep my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, she she been helped me so much. You know, it's, it's difficult to say one thing where she been helped me. She helped me life. She helped the business. She been involved with you know uh, with everything mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's difficult to talk to talk like something specifically mm-hmm. but definitely if it wasn't for her probably gonna be homeless <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> speaking of home you guys just bought your first home in Austin congratulations thank you you hosted thank us you. Christmas and what does it feel like to to plant your roots you have your family you have your your jiu-jitsu family which is your family you have your cats <laughs> you have your home and you've purchased a home how does that feel feel great uh feel great uh living the American dream you right? are yeah. you are living it uh I feel this country gave me so many so many opportunities uh, in my life. Uh, I'm grateful to you know to to say here is my home now. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people said, "Oh, but you're not gonna go back to Brazil." I don't have plans to go back to Brazil. You know, that's as I love Brazil. I'm gonna still going to see my friends, everyone there, but. To leave, that's where I, I choose to be my home. Yeah. So I love it. 
Uh, we are so proud of you. And I cannot thank you enough for being the friends that you are to Greg and I and for for just contributing so much to so many people and your amazing accomplishments. I just can't tell you. And you know what? Your wife a few years ago um, told me, you know what? You should be an influencer, Tiffy. And I said, okay, finally. It took me about three years. So she is she is an amazing woman, and you guys are just fabulous. And congratulations on all your success. And Thank we you. are going to get through this coronavirus for sure, right? Yes. Well, everyone, if you would follow Rodrigo and his studio at Bru- – okay, say it, Brook. Brukutu. And that came from where? Uh, Brukutu is a caveman from the cartoons in Brazil. This, uh, this nickname I've been carried for, I believe, since 2002. Oh, my God. So his, his nickname is Brukutu, which means caveman. So he is B-R-U-C-U-T-U-B-J-J, which is at on his Instagram. You can find him on Facebook, Rodrigo Cabral. And um, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please follow me on Instagram at Tiffany C. Blackman on Facebook as well. Um, And please go and rate and review. And thank you all for listening. You can watch us on YouTube as well. And have a fabulous day, everyone. Thank you.